The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. Um, Matt's going to join us in a little bit. He's running a little late because I didn't want to keep our special guest waiting. One of my favorite guests, she was on the episode. It's been a while since you've been on. Yeah. But uh, please welcome back Miss Lindsay O'Brien. Linz, <laughs> how you that. doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, can I tell you, it's been it's been awesome receiving just a text from you ever so like over the last four years since you've been throwing in college just every so often out of the blue I'll get a text hey coach just broke 35 hey coach just broke this hey coach just number four in the whatever in the division like it's been so awesome and now that uh Jess Newbert is throwing in Cortland yeah she's kind of been doing the same thing it's been it's been great hey coach just broke another in fact she's throwing I think she topped out at 109 this year in disc, 110. Wow. So she's wow. climbing and climbing. That's awesome. She's, uh, she went from being, I got a text way back. Cause she wasn't going to throw. And I got a text back in like November saying, you know, I'm thinking of going out for the team for indoor. Um, what do you think? I, I've got a meeting with the coach. What do you think? Like, just do it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Go out and do it. So it was one of those things where the coach said, okay, you can kind of come out. We'll see how you go. We'll see how it goes. Um, by the time she finished this season, she's third, third best on her team. Wow. Um, I mean, she's just been doing tremendous. So I, I after I talked to her, I was like, so I'm guessing you made the team? She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. She's a shot, too. Uh, <laughs> her coach, after I think like a week or two, kind of said, all right, you know what? We're going to focus on discus. <laughs> uh, so she's no longer allowed to throw shot, but she is for indoor. She did throw weight. Oh, that's awesome. So she that's did awesome. throw weight, which uh, is kind of funny because I think the weight weighs more than Jess does, but it's uh, <laughs> she's been killing it, though. She has been rocking. That's so, awesome. Um, no, just getting the text from you over the years, getting the text from Jess, it's been fantastic. I've yeah. been I've been loving it. So, and it, it's, it's, it always brings a smile to my face. Aww, and in fact, I'll get a text that. or whatever, and I'll just like kind of laugh or chuckle. And Vicky will look at me. She's like, Lindsay texted you or Jess texted you or which, <laughs> what did they do? I'm like, they're killing <laughs> you got it. Got it. So <laughs> I it's, appreciate that. it's been awesome. No, I, I appreciate it just being, uh, you know, even just a little bit Absolutely. involved in it. So it has Absolutely. been awesome. Um, coming in hot uh, today, I'm coming in hot with uh, just. I think I came in hot with this a couple times now, but have you watched Ted Lasso? Have you gotten Not into really, Apple no. Podcast? I no. love this show. Okay. The whole basic thing is um, American football coach gets, uh, for whatever reason, um, takes a job coaching uh, European soccer in England. Okay. And it's been funny, drama, harp. Like, it's it's been a really good dynamic of what they did. Season three, it kind of started off like shit, um, <laughs> and I was so disappointed. <laughs> In fact, I'm one of those guys, even if it's during sports, I'm yelling at the Bills or Sabres. But oh, yeah, absolutely. Me too. Even like this, there's some kind, like I, I watch it all the time with my wife, and I'm like, 
Jesus Christ. I'm like, they're just, they're ruining my show. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> that episode was stupid. But the last couple ones, it really started picking up. The season finale is tonight, and um, I'm so looking forward to it. In fact, it normally comes out, like, Wednesday, all day Wednesday, because it's oh, on okay. Apple, the streaming thing. Yeah. But they'll they'll show it at, like, 9 o'clock the night before on Tuesday. Oh, okay. And you know it's a good show. I'm not going to lie. I'm an old man. I'm usually in bed by like 9.30, <laughs> maybe 10. So I'm staying up like literally until like 9, to 9.30 watch to watch it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that tonight. So you know it's a good show if I'm staying up late Absolutely. to watch it. Um, so that's a little coming in hot. Um, we'll keep that quick because I want to get right to your your throwing career. All right. Um, let's do it. Just wrap. Now, you guys finished about two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Uh, Actually, I've, be going on a little more than a month now. No, no, no. I finished uh, just a few weeks ago over at regionals. Okay, how'd you do? Uh, that was a tough meet. I didn't do my best. Um, you know, I had I had some highs in the season and definitely some lows, and I didn't capitalize on my very last collegiate meet. Uh, but you know, left it all out there, so I'm ha- I'm proud about that. Um, but yeah, not the meet that I would have envisioned for my last meet. Now, what was like? How did you finish overall? Like, how would you how would you grade overall your senior season um, from start to finish? I know I know we were talking about this a little bit before. A lot of ups, lots of downs. Yeah. Um, what was like? What were the ups? What were the downs? Like, I how- think uh, the first up that comes to mind was um, my PR, and I hit that in uh, the Armory at New York City in my indoor regional meet. Um, I hit 11.76 meters, which I believe, oh, I don't know what it is in feet. You'd have to look that up for me. I was going to say, we'll, we'll look it up. <laughs> I'm an old man. It takes me a little while on there, but which is a very good throw. In fact, I think I remember that where you gave me the text and I had to do the, oh, wait, what is that? Yeah, exactly. I know. It's, it's, a, it's a calculation learning. I still learn it between uh, meters to feet. But So it was 11.76, which is? 38, uh, 38.58 feet. All right. So almost, we'll say 38 and a half. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, so that was definitely a high for me. Um, You know, I had kind of a frustrating indoor season, but, you know, definitely had some had some good points in the indoor season that allowed me to capitalize at at that regional meet um you know the environment of the armory in New York City is just it's like amazing um that's like an awesome awesome meet that uh, I'll always remember it was first regional meet for me um you know so I was coming in hot to outdoor and uh, I hit some good marks in outdoor that I'm proud of you know um the weather wasn't always amazing for our outdoor meets, but, you know, you expect that. Uh, I signed up for that. Um, but I think another high for outdoor would be finishing fourth um, in shot put. And then kind of surprisingly, um, I'm no majorly good discus thrower, but <laughs> I threw over 100 feet. Uh, so that was kind of a big deal for me um, that, you know, I like to boast now that I was able to throw it over 100 feet after throwing it about 50 feet in high school. I, I remember, <laughs> I think it was after the first meet your senior season, you came up to the coach, I'm going to run and I'm throwing shot <laughs> and that's it. And, and there was just no a, argument No, there. just the way you looked at it, I was like... 
okay. okay. There's nothing like I I could throw the book at you. There was nothing that was going to take you off that. Absolutely not. No, but um, and then I I got to college and my coach was like, well. I want you to throw discus. And I said, are you sure about that? (laughs) And, you know, we really worked it. And, uh, you know, over the course of the four years, I probably almost doubled what I, you know, used to throw. Um, So, I mean, that's kind of cool. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, I I believe I finished seventh in the league for discus. Okay. So that's, you know, that was kind of that was kind of cool for me. I wasn't expecting that. But no, absolutely. And that's fantastic. And that just shows. That, you know, shows your work ethic, your willingness to just get better always. And I think, I mean, obviously you're a gifted athlete. Obviously, you know, you're strong. You've got your, but I think your, your biggest strength was always your work ethic. Absolutely. Just you're always, and, and I think I, I mentioned this during, uh, when they had the signing day at East during your speech where there are times I'm like, no, Linz, we, we got to go. Like we got to go. Like, <laughs> and it was always, need to go eat dinner. <laughs> it, it was always one more coach, yeah. one more coach. Nope. That was a bad one. Coach, one more coach, one more. Yeah. Or like, what can I do to get better? Like, did I pivot enough? Did I turn my hips? Did I, it was, and it was just, you were determined. Absolutely. You were determined to hit your mark. Um, kind of going back to, uh, your first year as a track in high school. Yeah. Like, do you remember like what got you interested in in shot and disc and like what really kind of pushed you in that direction? Absolutely. So um, I always really liked shot put and discus because it was so unique, you know, and um, I think a lot of people kind of underestimate throwing events and, you know, they kind of think like, oh, it's just, you know... Honestly, I'm just going to say it bluntly, like, oh, the lazy kids do that. or oh, It's the just kids. the fat, out-of-shape yeah. kids that don't, you know, want to run. That don't want to run. Exactly, exactly. And that is so untrue. And over the course of my career, I learned that some of the best athletes that I've ever even met were, you know, people who are in the weight room, you know, like a thrower, lifting weights, throwing weights, and then, um, you know, throwing. I've met some... I mean, some top-of-the-line athletes that they were throwers. Um, you know, that's not to discredit what anybody else does in track and field. Oh, no. Absolutely not. You know, everything, every event comes with its different things. And, you know, for whatever reason, I just thought shot put and discus was so unique. And so, you know, I wanted to kind of test that, like, oh, it's just for the out-of-shape kids who don't want to run. Like, absolutely not. I ran every day. You know what I mean? And um, kind of, I think another thing that really spoke to me was after I tore both my ACLs, uh, contact sports kind of became a little difficult for me uh, mentally. Honestly. Oh, for sure. And and physically, too, you know, um, but shot put and discus really gave me that opportunity to work on strength training and work on my quickness because uh, you've got to be quick to be a good thrower. Um, yep. You know, you always told me and my college coach always told me, like, the two things that make a great thrower are obviously strength, but also speed. Um, you know, and everybody thinks like, oh, you have to be some big kid to be a thrower hell no I wasn't I was never big you know I was small you know compared to the other people I was throwing against and that you know I would tell people I still tell people like oh yeah I threw in college threw in high school they're like no you didn't you ran like you're full of shit and you know what you did run too though your senior year you ran I I forget did you run the mile or two mile no you guys had me run in the I think you might have had me run the mile a few times so you guys had me run in the 400 and the 800 that's right dying and then you'd look at me and say oh can you run the relay too right after well this 
is coming from a a thrower who, in the midst of her senior season, was training for a half marathon. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot. I don't know if I would ever do that again. And All it was at once. It was great, but unfortunately for you, it was the day of the marathon. Was what is was it like a day after? Uh, or sorry, it was a day before the NFL meet. Yes. So you kind of came into the <laughs> NFL meet for shot with exhaust with your legs were your legs were shot yeah, like your absolutely. legs were 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 done. And did I, I was, do good that meet. I don't really remember. You did. I think you threw like you threw like a twenty eight twenty nine. Wasn't your best, but I, I was even. I remember that meet specifically because I was talking uh, with Ken West coach uh, Coach Medora. Yeah, absolutely. And we were just kind of even after even watching you during warm ups, but definitely watching you during your that first throw, we both kind of looked. We're like, She's her shot. legs are shot. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I mean, you ran a half marathon less than 24 hours. Yeah. So to, the had fact, a pretty good time, too. Yeah. Just a little over two hours. That's not terrible no. for my first one. And the fact that you were even able to compete that day was fantastic. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah. all right, tw- throwing a 28 at that point was probably about two, three feet off your off like, your norm. Yeah. But um, that wasn't bad for yeah. coming off of a marathon or a half marathon. So that wasn't bad at all. And now I throw 10 feet farther. Than I was going to say, and now you're like <laughs> kicking butt. Um, do you ever kind of like just think about it? Like what you were throwing way back in high school when you first started? Um, even you started, you started seventh grade or eighth grade, seventh, seventh grade. grade. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just thinking about what you were throwing then as compared to like what you are now, do you ever like, kind of flashback to that journey and how you got where you are not enough because i'm i'm definitely the person that's just like oh there's more there oh keep going keep going but uh you know since i threw my last throw a few weeks ago i've kind of thought about that like oh my god i get so down on myself i'm like you know why aren't you throwing this mark or why are you throwing this far like why aren't you putting this amount of weight on the bar but then i look back and i'm like First of all, I couldn't even barely hold the bar to do a back squat, you know, and then some days I'd struggle to even throw 20 feet in the shot put when I started, you know, so now it's like I've nearly doubled that. Um, that's kind of wild, you know. Oh, for sure. So absolutely, it's something that I should, I don't give myself enough credit and I should give myself a little more credit. That's a good point. Absolutely. Um, now, the one thing. I've found this a couple of times where, especially with girl throwers, some of them where you kind of look and they're, I don't want to name drop or whatever, but I know there were a few girls and somewhere in your graduating class that would come out for track and I'm like, oh my God, she'd be a perfect thrower, yeah. but didn't want to throw or would say, coach, no, I, I, I'm not throwing. I think because they get that, no, throwing's for fat kids. Yeah. Throwing's for throwing, like if I throw, that means I'm fat. Or if I throw, people are going to think I'm fat. Yeah. Do you Screw that. do you think there's that kind of negative stereotype with girl throwers or like like they're just there because they're the large girls or they're the which is totally false. Yeah. But absolutely, absolutely I think that is a big thing and I think it's so misconstrued because you know, I look at some of the best throwers um you know in any event, especially, you know, like javelin or discus, though the best girls are they're pretty lean, man. You know, um they're pretty tiny and you know, you don't, it doesn't take a big person to throw, you know, like, yes, yes, of course, physics, mass moves mass. And, you know, I'm not one to body shame or anything like that or pick out, you know, people's bodies, but it really, it's not, 
and it's a stereotype that needs to be reversed because truthfully, like you can be a powerful person without having to be, you know, quote unquote fat, which, you know, it's not true. And I, I also think, but another really important point is girls don't want to have bulky muscles because they they feel like they will appear fat. And that is so not true. I'll tell you my self-confidence ever since I've gotten, you know, stronger is like, wow, like I lift more than some of these guys out here in the gym right now. Like that's insane. Oh yeah. Good for me. Like I'm cool. Like, you know, just mm, kind no, of like that pat on my back. And I wish more women would just kind of put that sort of, you know, like that idea in their head that, oh, I can't lift weights. That'll make me fat because it does not. It makes you so in shape. Yep. That's the best shape that you can be in is if you're lifting weights. Oh yeah. And it's funny that you bring that up because, um, we have a girl on our team. She's a freshman now, uh, Lola Norris. Okay. Plays soccer. Great kid. Um, but she throws. Yeah. And uh, she started throwing her seventh grade year. And it was it was funny because she was killing it in deadlifts, power, uh, squats. I think as a, or as a seventh grader, maybe as an eighth grader. No, as a seventh grader, she was, uh, she was already deading. I think she got up to – she either got 195 or she might have gotten 200. Wow. Um, just strong and one of the of course one of the uh you know the punk little eighth grade boys came in oh i can lift more than you i can lift more than you started it off and i call her tank so she just came in like did one the kid would like struggle to do one on that she'd put on 10 more pounds she'd crank out like 10 the kid would like struggle to get like two oh i did it I mean, by the time she got up to, like, her 200, the kid was long gone. Yeah. And she's, like, still cranking him out. And it just, the smile that I had on my face where I'm Absolutely. looking at the kid and just. Get out of here, kid. Dude, bye, bye. Yeah. And just the smile and the confidence that she had on her face Absolutely. was. And she deserved every ounce outstanding. of that. Outstanding. Yeah. And she'll still bring that up. Coach, remember when I outlifted? Like, yep. Yeah. And you're going to do and it you're again. you're going to keep doing it. Exactly. And. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, I I would always catch some glares from guys anywhere. You know, I have a few different gyms that I go to, and I just catch glares all the time. Like, there's like she's cheating somehow. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Those are dummy weights on there. Those aren't really 45. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And, you know, then they come up next to me, and they try to do the same thing, and they're struggling. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. get your weight up, boy. Yep. Like, I remember when I was lifting that little weight right there. (laughs) Yeah, right? Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, it's... You know, again, like I'm not trying to oust anybody, but, you know, it's just such a it's so like weightlifting and throwing is just so stereo like it's so stereotypical of people to say certain things about the sport that just so aren't true. And, you know, people are out there and they're definitely, you know, proving that it's not true. But there is a lot of stereotypes that that hold true for throwers. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And um, I know for me. I'm always one of those person people even to even to this day as a coach. Yeah. I'm one of those people where I love being the underdog. I, I love, love being I, the underdog. I love coming in where even as a soccer was my big sport, but right. even even running when I did track and field, I loved coming in as that unassuming we don't have to worry about this guy. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about this. And especially in a soccer game, within five, ten minutes, you're they're like, oh, crap, I guess we do have to we worry do. about number 11. Absolutely. We do have to worry about I, I love being that. And I love coaching those type of athletes. That's the epitome of me, man. I'm definitely the underdog, you yeah. know, always have been. And it's it's I, even during my speeches, there'll be times where I mean, I know whether you're the top dog or Aaron's the top dog or yeah. whoever our thrower, Jess, when she was 
But I'll still be like, you know what? Luport's got like three girls that are throwing like farther than you. Or Wheatfield, be careful. They've got, you know, and knowing that you're going to obliterate them by at least a foot, foot and a half. And I loved doing that. Yeah. Like that is so fun. And I did it in college sometimes too. Like people be like, oh, look at this little skinny little twig. She ain't going to do anything. And whoop. Yep. Eat them. In fact, I remember your your senior year when we had you, um, you Lindsay, or sorry, you Lindsay, you Grace and Aaron. Yeah. And I think every dual meet that year we swept, swept one, absolutely. two, three in absolutely. shot. Um, and it was that was fun. It that was, was fantastic. Fun that yeah. was a great season. Um, so it was it was outstanding. But I love doing stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I love being. I've toned it down over a little bit throughout the years, but I love being that arrogant kind of coach <laughs> at times. That, right. Once that, you just win. Right up to the right up to the to absolutely, the point. Absolutely. And you know, I bet people looked at you and they're like, Oh, you're a soccer coach. Like, hell no, you're not. Because, you know, I if, if I didn't have you as my coach, I wouldn't be sitting we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. You know what I mean? So I think that pays a lot of tribute to you and like, you know, that you're leaving a legacy absolutely at East and you've had a few co- collegiate athletes to come out of you're starting to make me blush here (laughs) no but it's true you know for real and i always kind of picked that up that we were the underdogs when we went to a big meet or like a big invite or something like that you know and um yeah so it's always it's always been cool yeah and it's been great like i said to see you now at what point i know we talked about it a little bit your senior year but at what point did you really think like i want to do this in college like at because i know um, you would come off your, you'd come off your surgeries, your ACLs. Um, I mean, that cost you at least two track seasons. Yeah. Um, like at what point though, do you remember, like, was there a, a meet or a, a practice like that? All right, I'm, I'm doing this next year. So I think the biggest thing was, um, being able to balance everything along with training for the hat, my first ever half marathon. And I said, okay, I'm like kind of good at this. And, you know, just picking up running in one year and I was, you know, I'm, I wasn't the best per se, but like if I would have stuck with running, I could have been in college, Oh, for sure. you know, and I had a serious conversation uh, when I went to Fisher on one of my visits and I sat down with both the coaches and the running coach who was the head coach said, well, you can run if you want. And the throwing coach said, no, you're going to throw. <laughs> and they said, well, we'll arm wrestle, <laughs> you know? So it was, it was just like, wow. Like, you know, I opened two doors for myself just for because sure. I worked hard. Um, but you know, I wanted, I really wanted to get strong and I wanted to just throw that shot put as far as I could and, um, you know, and just immerse myself in throwing, uh, because I just, I just loved it. You know, that was where my real passion was. Um, I love throwing, or I love running. I mean, um, I still run all the time um, against my coach's <laughs> <laughs> wishes. But, you know, I, t- I did tone it down after COVID. I, you know, kind of stopped running. But during COVID, I, I ran more than I probably should have. Um, but it was kind of just, you know, in that moment, having that conversation with them where, you know, the running coach handed me a packet and said, if you want to run, here you go. Just do this packet over the summer. And a throwing coach handing me his packet and saying, well, if you want to throw, do this, you know? So it was like, holy crap, like, why wouldn't I do at least one of them? You know what I mean? Um, Not only that, but just it was like I have gone through so much as an athlete 
you know, and I don't, I don't want to pride myself or anything, but it is very true. Like I have people that were on my team, both in high school and now college and who even say it to me now, like, dude, if I had to go through what you had to go through, I would have just gone into like painting or something like that. We we talked about this, your first episode. (laughs) I'm not sure. I mean, coming back from one ACL surgery and ACL tear is hard enough, but the fact that you came back and you were just starting to get back in the swing of things and then the other one went, it's, I don't know many people that would have been able to come back from that or have come back from that. And that, again, I've always said that just goes to your character, your work ethic, your determination. Thank you. Um, I remember hearing about your second one and I was just, my instant thought was, I felt horrible for you. Yeah. My next thought was, though, okay, when is she going to be back? Yeah, Like, exactly. it, it was just, just knowing your personality, it was like, okay, just, yeah. she's going to be out another season, that sucks, but she'll be back in time for her senior year. Absolutely, and that was, like, I never once thought, like, you know, there were days in physical therapy where I was in pain so much I was crying, <laughs> you know, trying to do exercises and stuff like that. I'm like, man, this isn't worth it, but... You know, on those bad days, I would there was just something in me that was like, hell no, you're not like this. This is not how you go down. This is absolutely not what's going to define you. And so I just I listened to that little tiny little screeching voice in the back of my head that said, don't give up. And I just didn't. And, you know, there were some days, like I said, I was like, screw this, man. But on those days where, you know, I was doing stuff where I couldn't even like stand up a few weeks before and I was already you know moving moving both my knees and just moving my body and it was like okay I actually I'm you know this is gonna be all right yeah (laughs) we're gonna figure it out and that's what kept me going you know um and seeing even just like during physical therapy like just seeing how much strength I was able to build in just those few months um you know I said okay how about over the next few years, like how much more strength can I get? And I think, again, that was another big reason why I wanted to continue with throwing was because, you know, it was like, how much stronger can I get? I, this is not like I can cross new thresholds. And here I am sitting today and I'm like, OK, what's next in my career? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm not done. Um, I had three seasons taken away from me in COVID. Um, you know, I had two full years of all three sports in high school taken away from me. I'm like, I've had so much taken from me in my collegiate, in my collegiate and high school career. Like, let's just keep going. Like I'm in great shape. Like let's keep it up, you know? So that's where I'm even at today. You know, it's just, but that's just how I am. I'm just very much like, uh, okay, what's next? Yeah. Okay. What's next? Doesn't end. (laughs) Now this kind of seems weird to say, but do you think even just recovering from both those ACL surgeries and going through all that crap that you had to go through, do you think that's kind of like, do you think, I guess what I'm saying is, do you think you would be as driven if you didn't have to go through that crap as you are now? I, dri- being driven is a specific part of me, but I would say like, you know, taking a sport for advantage might have happened, you know, like saying like, oh, I can just pick it up next year. Like, oh, you know, like if, if. If I didn't go through those ACLs, yes, I feel like maybe I wouldn't be as grateful as I am for my sports, Um, you know, and that is one thing about an injury, Um, you know, all athletes face injuries, but it's those longer term injuries that like you're really like, wow. I there were practices I took for granted you know there were times I was talking with my coach that I took for granted and I kind of 
made it a pact with myself that you can never take one single day for granted. And I never true. I truly never did. I mean, you know, you told me there were days like Lindsay, like we need to go home. There were a lot of days in college where my coach was like, okay, like just chill out, dude. Like you're getting, you're having a great practice. You're getting the most you can out of this practice. Like what, like, what do you want to, like, you want to go to like an Olympic meet tomorrow or something? Like, what are we doing Mm -hmm. here? You know? And I, I, that definitely, you know, kind of might have stemmed definitely from going through two massive injuries like that. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Um, whether you choose to not participate anymore, whether you choose to retire, whether you choose whatever, those are all choices that you make to stop. When mm-hmm. you get an injury, it's out of your control. Whether Absolutely. you whether you break something, tear something, do where you physically can't do it, it's it's a different kind of feeling because mm-hmm. it's just like all right, I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep going, but I physically can't. Right. Um, I can't walk. I can't play. Mm-hmm. So it's it injuries, I think, in that aspect are just it's so much more devastating because it's out of your control. Absolutely. Like they've taken the injury has taken all the control away from you. Absolutely. Um, and it can go one of two ways. It can either make you more determined or be like, you know, what? well, screw that. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. I don't want to put in the work for rehab. I don't want to put in the the time, the effort. I don't want to just do all that just to get back to where I was, let alone to get better. Absolutely. So it's um, I don't think people realize just how devastating an injury, especially like an ACL, yeah, can be. And I think another thing, um, kind of going off of you know what you had said, like you know what kept you going, what made you say, okay, I want to be a college athlete. And I think so. You know, when I went through my two ACLs, like obviously that was you know. Like physically, that left me absolutely distraught, but it also really messed me up mentally. Um, and I, th- I think that's something that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. I've, you know, obviously there's a stigma with mental health and stuff like that. We have gotten a lot better in the past, I would say, you know, half decade or, you know, um, it's definitely that something that's now having some light sh- like shined on it. But I would say that, you know, I, I developed like a terrible eating disorder and I was super mentally ill and... You know, again, because I had no control. I felt like I had no control over my life because it was like I like all I've known is sports my whole life. You know, like as soon as I could walk, my parents were handing me a soccer ball. They were handing me, you know, a basketball like, come on, like, let's go. You know, because I always just took a liking to it. So that was just so driven into my everyday life that it was like, okay, like. You know, it kind of left me like, what the hell? Like, what am I supposed to do now? And, you know, thankfully, I definitely, you know, recovered from my eating disorder and everything like that. But, um, you know, there's definitely scars from that time. You know, there's days I still struggle with that. And that's another thing about, you know, like lifting and, um, you know, sports where for whatever reason, weight is definitely like your weight and, or like your body mass or, you know, whatever is kind of taken into consideration. And that's a big, that is a big thing in throwing. And that's also a big thing in running too. Um, you know, track is definitely like a sport where there are major eating disorders and not just for females, like males too. Um, definitely. And males don't get enough credit either. Cause I, you know, I, I look at males and I talk to males and they tell me, you know, like, Hey, I've heard you struggle. Like I struggle too, yeah. you know? So it's kind of like a, a place now where we can talk about it and be seen, but, um, it's definitely, there's, there's some issues in the sport that, you know, we need to really shine some light on. And that's definitely one of them. Um, 
But, you know, also with, you know, when you have a physical injury like that, I think it's also really important that we shine more light on the mental aspect of it, too. Because if you're hurting something physically, something, you know, there's a balance between your your mental health and your physical health. And if one's out of whack, more than likely the other part of your health is out of whack, you know. Um, And that's definitely like a 50-50 part of your health. And I, I think that physical health is sometimes way more has a way bigger emphasis on it than mental health. And I hope to see, you know, and and as a nurse too, sitting here, I I hope that is something that we see a change, um, you know, that we can say to patients, you know, one day when I'm a coach that can, you know, really, because of my experiences, really help my athletes through that at some point. Um, But also just like as a human, you know, like just talking about it is just so important. And, you know, like what can we do, you know, all of us struggle in some capacity. Like nobody has a perfect mental health. That that's that's no. living in a perfect world and that doesn't happen. You know, so if there is a way that, you know, we can all just come together and try to figure something some things out, I feel like it would go a long way. Oh yeah. And I know even from a guy side, whatever sports you're played at, you know, whether it's soccer, whether it's football, you're always as a guy, you're I can't show any weakness. I don't Absolutely. want to, I don't want to show I've got to be the tough guy. I I can't show an ounce of pain. I might be my leg might, might be killing me, my head might be killing me. I might not I might have had a rough day at school or a rough day at my home life, but I can't let that show on the field. Even when you're Absolutely. coaching, I can't let that argument that I just had at work or mm-hmm. that argument that I just had with my, my wife because you know I was messy again in my room and <laughs> and and didn't make the bed. Yeah. Or absolutely. whatever. You know, you can't let that show on the field because if you do well you're weak you know the coach is going to pick up on that or the players or your Mm -hmm. team is going to feed off of your week it's 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 a double-edged sword where um there's been times where i'll coach a game and i'll just be like i don't want to say that i sleep the slept walk through it but my head definitely wasn't wasn't there yeah because i'm thinking of something that happened with you know, my daughter or something that happened yeah. with my brother or, you know, outside, you know, influences Absolutely. just, and it's, and it's everyday life. It's yeah. everyday life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think athletes are starting to get a lot more with like mental health, but yeah, coaches, like, I don't feel that coaches are given enough support because like, you know, you're carrying the weight of however many athletes you got on your back, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, so if we're going to shine light on the athletes, we definitely need to be shining even more light on to coaches. And I mean, coaches, we've talked about this a lot where it's it's almost like nowadays you've got to know about the sport or whatever you're coaching. Like you've got to know, especially in soccer, mm-hmm. um, you've got to know the formations. You've got to know the, the tactics you want to run, the strategies, the this, the that. You've got to know how to reach your players. But at the same time, you've almost got to be a uh, a counselor, a, a, a guider, a, yeah, a, a mediator, you know, a mediator in yeah. some, in some terms, a father figure. I mean, you've got to yeah. be, you're the, the Center. father figure or yeah. the mother figure or the whatever for that, those 18 year old, those 18 kids, yeah. those 18 guys or 18 girls or whatever sport you're coaching. And sometimes they're going to come to you and they're going to say, well, coach, this is going on with my life. And You've got to know how to deal with it, where sometimes you might not know how to deal with it, but you've got to, figure you know, you, you got to figure out what to say. If you don't know what to say, well, you know, you can go to this person and talk to him, or have you tried talking to your guidance counselor, or have you tried yeah. talking to this? And it's, 
rough. And I know there's even Absolutely. been times where I'll take it at home. I'll go home and, you know, wife, you know, what's wrong? And I'll just be like, well, you know, just a rough day of practice today. A couple kids are dealing with this. You know, you, you tell bits and pieces of it, but you don't respecting the players' privacies. Absolutely. You, can't you don't, that. you know, you can't say, well, Lindsay said, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, so-and-so you just, you, you tell them bits and pieces of it, but it's just, it's a, it's a lot to kind of carry at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of times where I'll come home and say good stories. Like, you know, right. Lindsay just qualified for sectionals <laughs> or, yeah. you know, Grace finally hit 30 feet or Aaron, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of great stories to share. There's a lot of heartbreak stories to share. It's, you got to take the good with the bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is sports. That is, and that's also the game of life, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult because, you know, people keep asking me, like, oh, do you want to be a coach? Do you want to be a coach? I'm Which like, I think you'd be a hell of a coach. Well, thank you. I really you. do. Thank you. Not, not rushing there. you into the coaching world, <laughs> but when you're ready, I think you would make one hell of a coach. Thank you very thank you very much. Um, and I do feel that way, you know, but it's like there are some things that I feel like I still have to figure out about myself. Oh, for sure. Before I can go around, you know, and be a big, um, be like a big influence on you know, our younger generations. So yeah, it's difficult. And I think about things like that when I'm thinking about, Oh, you know, like when you're a coach, you should do this or this or this. And you know, it's, it's that, it's that mental health aspect that it's like, you know, if you can bring that into what you're doing, I just feel like you can create such a support system within a team, um, you know, and kind of, you know, practice time. Yes. Is very, it's always limited and you always can't get enough of it, but Instead of, you know, having to run sprints, maybe just for like 10 minutes, like, are you guys okay? Like, you know, like what, what the hell's going on? You know, if, especially if you're reading, you know, your team's not okay. And that's definitely something that I will bring into my coaching is a lot of the mental aspect to it because we just, you know, and that's just sports, you know, you, you focus on the physical, you know, sports is a physical thing, but I feel like just forever, it's just all been instilled in all of us to just focus on that, you know? Um, so definitely one thing that I hope to bring to sports one day when I am a coach is, you know, those, those mental health aspects of sports that I can bring into practices, into games, into wherever I can. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to, even as, as, as coaches, I've learned that You've got to have fun practices. Absolutely. One thing we've done this year at soccer, um, you know, it was kind of turning into a longer season, you know, a few this and that. So instead of doing, you know, our two or three laps of warm up, like, all right, guys, get on the line. We're playing a game of sharks and minnows. Yeah, all right. Awesome. You two are the sharks, minnow, whatever. And just it's basically like a elementary phys ed tag game. But Absolutely. you know what? The kids loved it. And um, it was it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. They got their cardio in. They got their warm up in. And uh, they're laughing by the end of it. They're laughing. They're joking around. And then at the same time, I'm like, all right, now let's get into practice. Right. And I bet you they were way more focused and ready to go because they had that just second of release, you know. I was like, Matt's over here. Speaking of warming up, Matt's over here (laughs) warming up his vocal cords, uh, getting his hydration in before he. (laughs) Um. So, yeah, it's just it it breaks it up. And that kind of we talked a little bit about this uh, last week with Daniel Um, for you coming in from like going straight from the indoor season into the outdoor season. Do you ever kind of just get that, man, this is this is a long season. Like, man, just that that burnt out, like, like, 
can I last much longer? Like, do you ever get that, that burnt out kind of feeling throughout the season? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, there were a few times during my seasons over the years where it was obvious that my, um, my performance was affected. You know, I was not throwing anywhere near where, you know, let alone a PR was, but you know, where my usual was at. And it was because I was so tired. <laughs> like, you know, I don't, I don't have many other ways to put it. I was just so burnt out because, um, you know, nursing at Fisher is a, is a very hard major. You know, I wouldn't, I don't regret, I have no, absolutely no regrets. I don't, you know, ever think differently of my experience or anything, but it was difficult and it was really challenging. And, um, there weren't a lot of other, uh, athletes in my nursing program, you know, for support or anything like that. So it was difficult and, you know, you could go and you could talk to other majors about their experiences because, you know, everybody goes through, goes through burnt out, you know, being burnt out. But it was just, for me, it felt sometimes like a different level of being burnt out. Um, just because that is one of the university's hardest majors. Um, and you know, we had COVID, I, you know, my year especially really got affected by COVID and I hate talking about COVID. We're all sick of talking uh, about it, but truly, you know, it, that did have a ripple effect um, everywhere. You know, everybody could say that they were affected by COVID and, you know, might have left them burnt out at their job or, you know, anywhere. But really athletically that it was hard to go out every single day and say, OK, I'm going to train like I would if I had my full coaching staff in front of me and all of my teammates in front of me that that's exhausting, you know? Um, and especially throwing being such a technical sport, it's hard to just say, Oh, this is what I'm doing wrong. You know, every throw, I mean, I can, I can, I understand what I'm doing wrong 90% of the time, but you know, that other 10% of the time where you really don't like, what am I doing wrong right now? I can't, I can't tell. Uh, you need a coach in front of you or you need a teammate in front of you saying, this is what you're doing wrong. Um, so obviously COVID made that impossible, but also within the last two years, um, you know, my junior year, Everybody talks about like a junior year being burnt out, even if you're not an athlete, just from school, because uh, you're like, oh, I'm three years in, but I still have one more year to go. Yeah, and you're there, but you're not there yet. Right, exactly. So that's kind of where I was last summer, um, and I had some difficulties, but I, I actually I went to therapy specifically for being burnt out, um, you know, in my endeavors, and it was very helpful, um, and I'm glad I did it, and I was able to go into senior year with kind of like no longer a cloudy vision, but more of a clear vision of like, this is what I want to get done this year and this is how I'm going to do it. And I stuck to it. And I, I would very much say I had a very successful senior year. I went out pretty good. I, I threw my, threw some of my best throws. I'd, I'd say so, especially getting all the, uh, you know, the text messages from you. I'd Absolutely. say, I'd say you sounded pretty, pretty damn well in the senior yeah. year. So, you know, I think an important part, you know, you're talking about burnout, an important part to put on the subject is it's possible to come out of it and come out of it stronger. Um, you know, you, you don't have to be stuck there forever. Definitely not. Um, you know, there are answers out there. Um, and there's things that you can do every day in your life to just kind of make, the stress of being burnt out a little less because I'm not gonna lie, it's it's not fun. It's hell going through it. Oh, absolutely. And there are times, even I mean, for me, coaching soccer, then going right to indoor, then going right to outdoor. I mean, it's. I mean, you've got usually you have like a week or two in between seasons, mm-hmm. but still, it's that's not enough. <laughs> it's minimum of practice before games. You're talking with teaching. I mean, I get up at 
five thirty in the morning, have to you know do my stuff or whatever, get, walk the dogs, this and that. Leave for work at around six thirty. Get into work at around seven. Get out of work at around three o'clock. Sprint over to the field right. for practices. You're there from at least three thirty to five thirty. Games. You're lucky if you're home by. You know, you're lucky if you're out of the field by seven. Yeah, when we have night games, for... if we have night games, you know, yeah. we're not even starting till seven thirty. Yeah. Um. I mean. When the season starts, I'm working on average 52, 53, 54 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nuts. During indoor, um, I mean, just the bus rides yeah. there to Houghton, hour and a half. Yeah. Just, and I don't mean round trip. I mean just One way. there yeah. and back. You're talking three hours on a bus. Mm-hmm. You're talking the same thing. Now you're working Saturdays. The one COVID year, we had meets Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at one just point. Just to try to catch up. Just to catch up. We didn't have them in a row, but they had to split teams up because you can only have so many, so many. kids inside. Oh, yeah. There was one point, uh, Dan, Coach Norton, and I, we worked, we figured it out, we worked 16 straight days without a day off. And we're looking, we're like, That's not healthy. Jesus Christ. You look yeah. at it because, especially at the high school level, you're not coaching for the money. Yeah, you're getting paid, but I think at one point we figured it out where we were getting – if you look at just the hours that we would have gotten for coaching, I think we were – we would have been making maybe five and a half an hour, $5 an hour, Um, and that was being generous. I think we figured it out. It's – so doing that three straight seasons, um, you get burnt out rather quickly. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I've had fun – Doing it. I mean, I've been doing it now. Um, I'm going to date myself here, but a little over 20 <laughs> years. Yeah. I mean, I started coaching in in '03, um, so we're working on 20 years here, and it's been a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. But it's also been, you know, a lot of sacrifice. Absolutely. And even I remember, you know, when I first started dating uh, my now wife, you know, Victoria. Her daughter was in fifth grade. You know, she was playing. She was just getting into basket. She had been in the basketball a while. But I remember when she got into seventh grade, she started modified basketball. So I'm going to uh, indoor practices, sprinting over to try to catch as much as I can of her basketball game. Or she did track and field. Um, She didn't do soccer. She she always looked at me. She was like, I'm no good at soccer. So it was... (laughs) It was just that was that was her thing. Basketball was her thing. Cross, she was a hell of a cross country runner. Um, there you go. You're and a was, big runner. Oh, absolutely. That's what people. I, I just started telling people on the team, like I never threw shot or disc or whatever. I, I Although I, I have to say, and you'll be proud of me for this. Yeah. I did throw an actual guy shot this year, did and really? I threw twenty eight six. Okay. And that was with just like I did just power. Okay. So. Hey, that's you know, not bad. It's a terrible throw. But <laughs> but for just power, I'm Matt, I'm patting myself on the back here. In fact, good for you. Lindsay, this is my co host Matt. Matt Hello. Lindsay. Um, one of the best athletes that I've ever had the pleasure of coaching. I appreciate that. It's a hundred percent true. Um so Matt, what's uh what's your thoughts on the like the, the burnout? Hopefully Matt will be my goaltender coach. Um this fall, I'm still. Is that happening? I'm still hoping to officially get the position. 
Because uh, Raple's Raple's not coaching anymore. Jamie's not oh, okay. coaching. You were a um, goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. He Me was too. a goal. I was gonna say both goaltenders. Um, no, so Matt. Hopefully, um, if I or when I if I get the head coaching job, um, Matt will come on the team and uh, be the goaltender coach. How many goaltenders do you have right now? <sighs> um, <You>? No. Oh. <laughs> George grad. George is graduating this year, so George is done. Um, Gabby, um, she played a little bit for JV and a little bit last year. She's extremely athletic, but very raw. Um, I think she can get there. We might have one or two that we're going to kind of say, listen, Maybe. go over with Coach Matt and try and it. try it. Yeah. But uh, I, it's this is probably the first time in a long time that we're really going to have to reload yeah. um, in the we'll keeper position. So interesting. It's we're yeah we're gonna need a reload. Um, I miss being a keeper sometimes. I was gonna say, do I, you do you miss playing? Yes, I do. I do. I miss it a lot actually. Now that's one thing I wanted to ask. Like it's, you were talking a little bit about when you when you got to Fisher, both coaches, the running coach and the shot put coach, basically said, "Hey, listen, if you want to do this, do this. If you want to do this, do that." What What was the thing? I mean, you obviously, I mean, you trained for a half marathon in. Your senior year, you did well in the 400, the 800, even when we had you in the mile time. What Was there something that just really pushed you over the edge to to keep on that shot track? I, I would say just because I was, I knew I was good at it, and I knew I had a lot more still there. Um, running, I mean, it was fun, and I wasn't bad at it, but I don't know that I could, I don't know. It's, I mean, I don't know because I didn't stay with it, but there was just something in me that, you know, my gut told me, nope, it's shot putting discus. It's, it's lifting. It's getting stronger. It's, it's that, it's that route. Cause I know there were a few times during track season where you would, you know, yeah, you would look at me too. And you're like, okay, like, what are you, are you making this yeah. decision harder on yourself? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh, and don't get me wrong. There were a few times your seventh grade year where you'd look, you'd be like, Coach, you know what? I'm just going to play basketball, or I'm just going to do this. And I'm like, yeah. Linz, you're not going to – you you can play basketball, but yeah. you are coming out for well, – and you got frustrated a few times, but, you know, thankfully I, – I, 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 <laughs> you were there because the one year our track was being redone. Yeah. And we had practice over at West. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was one of the years you got frustrated, and Coach Medora kind of had to go over and put his hand around your shoulder and be like, Linz, hey, you're good at this. You're good at this. Yeah. You're a thrower. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, so it was, there were definitely times where you got frustrated a little bit. Absolutely. But, but uh, now I love the challenge. That's another reason that I stuck with it too was like other sports kind of came a little bit easier to me. Throwing never came easy to me at all. And for whatever reason, I thrived on that. And like, I loved that. And it was like, okay, this isn't easy. This isn't a walk in the park. Good. Like, you know, I want, I want that challenge, you know? Oh, yeah. Because even going into your going into your senior year, um, I mean, you were a great goaltender. You were, um, you know, very good basketball player, and you were very good shot. Like I could see you doing either of those. Honestly, back then, before your senior year, like before that spring season in track, um, I probably if if somebody would have come up to me and said, "Well, Lindsay's going to be a college athlete in one of those three sports." Mm-hmm. I probably would have leaned towards soccer. Yeah. Just I know, because me too. again, me too. just because I I knew you had a passion for all three. Mm-hmm. Um but I just saw you a little more passionate about soccer. Yeah. Like absolutely. I could definitely 
I could definitely, and I'm sure if you had gone that route, you would have, we would have been here talking about your soccer career yeah. in college. Yeah. Um, did you ever think of doing like basketball or college or soccer at the next level? Or by the time you got to track, it was like, nope, this is, this is it. It kind of sat with me that nope kind of tracks it. But I did think, um, you know, honestly, mentally at that point, I was pretty like contact sports are scary. Like, you know, I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, a little less with soccer because I wasn't, you know, like constantly head to head with people. Um, and I knew how to kind of control my body in a sense that I was in charge when I was, you know, making a save. But for the sense that like basketball for me was just very unpredictable movements with my body and, you know, all, you know, like pivoting, that sort of thing. It was just really difficult um, for me to kind of mentally grasp that like, oh, like you'll be okay, you know, because there was always like, oh, there's another injury that could happen, you know, but um, obviously that could <laughs> happen with shot, but, um, I think it was less like it wasn't a contact sport and it was more an individual sport. Um, so I didn't have that unpredictability of like what other people were doing when I was on the court or on the field. Like, oh, if that sure. makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. No, but. absolutely. I know one of my big injuries, I, um, busted my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 10th grade year. Of course, screwing around after practice, we decided to play rugby and landed on my shoulder and yeah. busted that up. But I remember one of my first games coming back, um, I was nervous going into the game. I played center mid. I remember, I don't know why, going down, but instead of going down feet first for a slide tackle, I don't know how or why, I ended up going down like almost like sliding into first base, like sliding into, into a base and just... Yeah. Kind of, the kid didn't, like, totally kick my shoulder, but it kind of just, like, you know, was a glancing blow off of my broken shoulder. And I just remember kind of laying on the ground, kind of like, okay, okay? I feel I feel fine. <laughs> yeah. Kind of got up, kind of moved around a little bit. All right, I can yeah. do this. And just from there on, it was out of my head. But mm-hmm. injuries can kind of, you know, take a lot out of you. Matt, Absolutely. did you ever have that, like, big injury that where it was just kind of like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to come back anymore. I don't know when to quit. <laughs> I just injure myself more. So you just keep playing through the injury and through the injury. Did you ever break anything though, or like, like Lindsay came back from not one but two blown ACLs in high school, like just and that was within what? He's clutching his uh, just, the just first one it. was your freshman year. Was it freshman junior year? Um, I believe sophomore. Junior. Was it sophomore, junior? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much back-to-back. It was very much back-to-back. I don't really know. If it was... Yeah, it was actually junior year. Junior... Because I played in the Powder Puff game, and it happened in the Powder Puff. That's right. So it would have been sophomore, junior. Yes. So you pretty much had two years of... Yeah. um, Because you broke the first one sophomore year, didn't you? you, Was it soccer game? Basketball, that's right. Yeah basketball and then you came back from that and then the following uh would have been fall yeah you, it was fall yeah you tore the other one playing that stupid powder puff game yeah that you were mad about that i too. was not happy <laughs> you were like why in the fact, hell would you do that in fact i remember you came you came to uh practice in crutches i thought you were screwing around I thought you were totally like, ha coach, I blew the other one. Like, yeah, right, shut up. Go. I remember that conversation, yeah, actually. I was you, like, told, just... you looked at me and you said, you're full of shit. Yeah, I, said, I was like, no, shut up, go, not. go practice, let's go, come on. <laughs> and then, uh, no, you had the, yeah. like, you were done. Yeah. But still battle back. I mean, that's just, yeah, as Matt does the cringing, it's it sucked. I mean, 
what was what was your biggest injury like that you I don't know. <laughs> Matt was just lucky not to injure anything possible concussion that I probably just yeah, didn't everybody do. plays through a concussion <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I can't it's you I'm, can't remember the last time you I was gonna say I'm almost there's times where I'll almost think about it I'm like ah, shit I probably played through at least there's been there's been games I know that I physically, like mentally, just don't remember. Oh I, I mean, I know there was one in particular, an indoor game. Um, it was real early on, maybe 10 minutes into a game at Sportsplex. Um, Good old Sportsplex. Oh, my God. I went in for a header, and the, the dumb idiot, like, lifted the leg and literally, like, I took a boot right to the forehead. Like, literally went down. The And this happened maybe 10 minutes into the game. The only thing I remember... And I played the rest of the game. I couldn't tell you. I just remember getting into my car and driving home after the game. Like, I don't remember any part of the game. This would have been this would have been senior year. So it was senior year during indoor. And I don't I couldn't tell you the score of the game. I couldn't tell you what happened in the game. I know I got kicked in the head. I I was told that I played in the (laughs) game. I'm not sure how I did, but I many concussions have you had? It's hard to say because we didn't have, like, yeah, it wasn't go to the trainer. Right. It wasn't go to this. It wasn't get baseline. I didn't know what the hell baseline guess. testing was. I'd probably say throughout, I'd probably say at least three, okay. three to five, we'll say. <laughs> um, again, some of them were, that was the worst. That was the only one I can remember where I don't remember. Yeah, you weren't right. Um, yeah. The other ones I remember playing with, you know, a little bit of a headache or a little bit dizzy or... You know, you'd kind of have to, quote unquote, walk it off. Um, <laughs> but that one was probably the worst. The, not probably. That one was the worst by yeah. far. Um, so that was probably one big one. I'd say maybe two or three minor concussions. But not that any concussion is really minor. Yeah, no. I love it nowadays when somebody says, oh, it's just a minor brain injury. I had that happen in a training the other week. They said, it's a, this is a concussion. We're just going to glance over this. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> it's a concussion. Yeah. It's uh, it's not anything to mess with. No, it's truly not. I'm glad that, you know, as a, like, you know, being a nurse, obviously I'll bring it in again. But, you know, from a healthcare standpoint, like we have definitely gone a far way with that, um, you know, because they seriously aren't anything to mess with. And you can have some serious health issues down. Oh, down for sure. Look at Larry. He lost his hair because of that. That's what I mean. I got kicked so hard. My hair <laughs> just doesn't grow back anymore. Jackass. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I had, it, it's funny. Um, I, I teach a little kid, well, I teach K to 8 phys ed, but uh, the other day, um, you know, I'll get some of my second or third graders. How old are you? How old are you? So I was like, I'm 98, 99. The one kid, wow, I thought you were older. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, <laughs> I thought you were older. Oh. Like, little jerk. <laughs> oh, they don't know concepts of that. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll get the why do you why do you have no hair or why is hair growing out of your ears or why I'm like shut up do they ask if you're married I get the am I married yeah um, one time <laughs> and I totally put my wife on the spot you're not married you're not married so I called up like Vic can you say hi to my second grade class and she's I so I put her on speakerphone hi and of course are you really his wife Mr Monahan's wife. <laughs> 
jerk. I love it. They're like, you're not married. And they're like, no. I'm... And some person just says out loud, like, he ain't never going to get married. You're going to die alone. <laughs> I'm just oh like, gosh. kids are brutal. I'm like, you're 10 years old, but I'll put you in a grave. They are brutal. Yeah, they're mean. Um, they but are, they're funny. They're... They are funny. That's the thing is like, it's just, it's just the innocence of it. Oh, yeah. It's still funny, even though it's mean. And it does hurt your feelings. It definitely does. Oh, they'll, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, but there, it's a lot of work. No, it's easy. No. Just wait. Just wait till you, you get your, the little kids, just though. wait till you get your first year under your belt of teaching, teaching. I have a just job wait. interview on Friday, actually. For what school? Akron. Nice. That was the one you student taught at? No. no. You taught at Eden. Yeah. No, this is for high school health. Ooh. Yeah. Man. Stay away from those little ones. I was going to say, do you want to do health? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Like you full-time health or is it half health, health, half phys ed? Full-time health. Ooh. See, I don't like, I'm certified for health. I don't like being in the classroom. Like I, I like I being it. in the gym. I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, even now I've got to do one, uh, I've got to do one seventh grade health class every other day. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, but I just, it's, it's <sighs> fun, but I just. I'd rather be in the gym. Absolutely. Like yeah. it's just, I'm with you on that. Yeah. But are you have you done like mock interviews or whatever? Are you ready for it? Yeah. Sweet. Do you define ready? <laughs> I don't think you're ever ready for an interview. No, but you at least know what to expect. Yeah. Is this your first big one? Like no. your first job interview? No. Where else have you interviewed? Amherst. I didn't even know they had an opening. Yeah, they did. They I know did. they've had a bunch of coaching or uh, they've got a bunch of coaching positions at Amherst. Yeah, I saw that. They've got like a ton. Yeah, screw Amherst. Um, did you talk to Bill? Bill's got Bill's a teacher at, at Amherst. Like Bill's, everybody knows Bill at Amherst. I did when I was interviewing. I talked to Lisa too. Oh, that's right. I forgot she was there. Yeah. Um, oh, you already had the interview, so they already they already made a decision, or was yeah, this like recent? They never contacted me back. Oh, you didn't even get the Dear John letter. No. Oh, those were terrible. Those I remember getting. Which that's why I say screw Amherst. You just look at it, dear so and so. Thank you for interviewing. We were so pleased. Blah blah blah. Unfortunately, <laughs> yep. son of a. I hated those letters. Instead of Larry's, like dear Ted. Oh yeah. <laughs> dear Lonnie. <laughs> dear Lenny. It was good having you interviewed today. Unfortunately. There's no more position. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, we just were not good enough. Unfortunately, <laughs> we found somebody better. <laughs> Basically. Feel free to apply again, but you really don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking for subs, though. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. All right. Hold on. Just going to sidetrack this for a second. I can ask you later. Never mind. Continue. Well, no, you got to ask now. What yeah, that? You can't bring up. Well, uh, Matt, are you one of those guys where you're like, hold on, I got to tell you. I'll tell you later. No. I'll tell you. No, dude, bring it up. I, I do it. I do it if I read the situation. All right. So you, you're a teacher. You don't get cold called, right? For like applications and, and stuff. What do you mean cold called? My buddy got cold called from Clarence to interview for some phantom job that he didn't apply for. He went in. Interviewed with the AD and all this other stuff, yet the principals don't know anything about it. He never applied for the job. They said they got it off of Winnie Rick. And they called him on a Sunday. 
who was the AD that he applied? They interviewed him on a Sunday? No, they called him to tell him about the interview on a Sunday. And he never applied for it? No, and then he had an interview with the dude the next day. Was it the actual AD? Yeah! That's what I don't get! That's a little sketch. I know! And he never subbed in the district? He never... No! Did he at least go to Clarence? No! I did! I applied for a job. I never heard back! I think your buddy made that up. But he gave me, like, the right info. Just weird dates and sketchy ways of getting it. Sketchy. It, it, it is sketchy, but how do you put a person on blast for that? Yeah. I wanted to ask more questions, but also I was like, I don't know. I, I feel like that would be like you could ask like at least five questions and figure out that the guy is like full of crud. But he, but like, what purpose would he have to lie? I don't know. Do you need a purpose to lie? <laughs> a good liar, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's been times I'll lie just for the hell of it. Larry, are you saying you're a liar? No, never. Listen, there's been times I'll lie during like a pregame speech just to get my kids fired up. You know, you know how many times I've made up stories about other schools like know, just to get them your pissed off? Athletes listen, right? I mean, guys, I've never lied to you at all. <laughs> no, there's been times I'll you know, you gotta you don't lie, but you stretch the truth a little bit to get your point across. Yeah, but what point is he trying to get across then? Maybe that he's better than you? He graduated with me. We have the exact same resume. Maybe what the, makes him so great? Maybe the fact that called. he got an interview at your school and you didn't? For a phantom position that didn't exist? Well, if he interviewed with the AD, it would have been for a phys ed position, wouldn't Correct. it? Correct. They were looking for a phys ed in Clarence Center, not for the middle school. But he says it was for the middle school full time. Yeah, he's lying. I think he's lying. Well, yeah, I know that. I, I think he's lying. In fact, bring him on the next episode. We'll we'll call him out. <laughs> just we'll just down. call him up. Like, dude, be honest. Did you lie? <laughs> Stupid. Who calls? And it was Mother's Day. That was the Sunday he got called. Yeah, no way. Yeah, no, no way. way. No. There's no way. No. no. You get called for interviews, but right. when but you, you have apply. To, exactly. Yeah. They're not just going to, school districts aren't just going to look on oh, look a LinkedIn. Especially if he already has a job. Yeah. I just, no, it, it's, I'm calling BS. Okay. Uh, I'm calling BS. I want, I want to get other people's perspective. Everybody says it's bull, but also you're just like, why would he make up this story? I'm, I'm calling BS. Okay. That's yeah. what I wanted to say. And there's nobody at Clarence Middle that would be. I know! Like, I'm thinking of all the teachers there. Nobody's leaving. No, the only one that would have left, she left probably four or five years ago. Who? Um, can't think of the woman's name over there. Short? Yeah. Yeah. Eh, not huge, but. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, um, I forgot what her she name is. She had constant carpal tunnel. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know exactly yep. who it is. And she, would have, she left, I think, four, four years ago, three, four years she ago. She used to work part-time at the Apple store, too. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> But uh, the other guys yeah, are... Yeah, Banizak, Bergio, they're still staying there. Yeah. And then there's a female there now. Um, Younger lady. They need a female there. Well, there was a health teacher there that was always there. I forgot what her name was. Um, no. Kaseki's at the high school. Kaseki's at the middle school. Ooh. Okay. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. know. But there's nobody at yeah, the middle no, school. Yeah, no. The only one that's retiring is Lair, I think. Yeah, Lair at Clarence Center. Yeah. But that po- that was that post came down. I know. I applied for it. Never heard back. Eh. You don't know. You might you might still hear. I think it only came down a week ago. Sometimes it takes them a while. But all right. That being said, see what you get to look forward to when you're applying. Well, you already I, have a job. Yeah, I was gonna say no. you're you're I'm all set. One and done. I only had to apply to one job. <laughs> People like that. <laughs> the death stares you're getting right now. I am getting some death stares. <laughs> My cousin got a call from NASA. He's working for NASA. He hasn't even graduated college yet. He's a sophomore. Is this the wow. same he got a call from NASA? Was that on a Sunday on Mother's Day? <laughs> no, like he's there. For a phantom job. <laughs> he's there right He's now. on the moon. He's working remote. <laughs> working remote. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. I like that. No, I don't know. So he's actually working for NASA? Yeah, he's there right now. Wow. Sweet. I was like, he was like, I don't need to have a job interview. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, shut up. Okay. So now, Lens, have you started your job yet, or are you getting so, ready to start it? Yeah, so I'll start it at the end of August. So I got a few months. Oh, nice. Before I can... Have to be an adult. You started looking at apartments out in Rochester. Because you're out in Rochester, you said, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm out in Rochester. I've actually, I lived off campus this year, so I'm just going to stay in the same uh, place that I was before. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very nice. Um, that'll be, that'll be good. That'll Absolutely, be fun. yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Sweet. All right. What do you say? We're ready for our hot seat questions? Yeah, it's hot. It is hot. Speaking of hot, this was another thing. Holy God. It's so weird going from outdoor where it starts at the season it's like 30 i think this year was like 35 yeah. 40 with snow even, i mean snowing at times and then it all of a sudden like it'll jump from 40 and all of a sudden it's boom 80. like 80 yep. 85 yep. 90 it's man it's it's sucks <laughs> <laughs> it's like we go from yeah. like winter to winter light to summer yep yeah we we have a tendency around here to skip over spring yeah i feel like it's spring gets the shaft. Yeah. Like it really does. Um oh that was one thing I want to add. Did you notice like a, a huge difference? Uh, hey, I'm old. Sometimes things just pop into my head. Um what would like did you notice like huge difference even just from indoor to outdoor? Like I know you don't throw discus in indoor, you throw the weight, you throw um different different implements, but just was that like a huge factor for you and even just throwing shot, like throwing in a controlled climate in an indoor facility? as opposed to con- throwing in the weather, yeah. in outdoor. Yeah, I would say um, kind of with my history of, like, uh, I never did indoor track in high school. Um, Even so though actually I tried was... to talk you into it many times. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Um, and I would say, like, I actually struggled more adapting to indoor. Really? Um, yeah, because I was so used to, like, you know, I expected the unexpected in outdoor. And then you get to indoor and, like you said, you know, control climate. Um, the one thing I would say was definitely difficult, difficult, um, about indoor is it's a longer season, um, than outdoor is. Um, so, you know, kind of finding ways to keep your momentum throughout the season was difficult. And then, uh, you know, kind of, kind of being really a two sport athlete in college. I think that's another thing that track athletes in college don't get enough credit for is really we're a two sport athlete, uh, because that's two seasons, um, in 
you know, their full length seasons. <laughs> um, but for indoor specifically, it was difficult because I wasn't used to being in a smaller kind of sort of venue, you know. Um, so kind of getting used to each circle and what each circle had to offer me, um, you know, and kind of taking notes as to like each facility I was at, like what to expect in, in their facility because every facility is different. And truthfully, if you don't pay attention to what you know, is at a facility, like, you know, some people focus on focal points, like sometimes I would try to hit a focal point, you know, um, out of the back and then towards the front. And that could be difficult at some facilities. Um, But kind of outdoor, it was always kind of like, that was actually kind of like, I felt acclimated more to outdoor, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of a different response, I guess. But, you know, I was so used to throwing outdoor since the seventh grade that, you know, I knew what to expect kind of sort of thing you know i knew i was gonna have shitty weather all four years like you know that's some you can guarantee in western new york um you you just you capitalize on those good days um and when i didn't capitalize on those good days that was a that was a tough day for me um you know um but yeah honestly to wrap it up yeah indoor was more of a more of an more of a learning curve yeah absolutely okay very cool see i would i would think it'd be it'd be the opposite yeah but most people, um, normal people, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely. I see your point, though. You know, it's some, even just being out in the elements, even if they're you know terrible, you're yeah. still. It's just that's your what you grew up with. Absolutely, yeah. So, all right, now I think we're ready for the hot seat questions. All right, so we're gonna bounce around five questions. Um, our guests get to ask questions this time too. Okay. So you got to think of one too. Um, Matt, do you have? You want to start us off with uh, question number one over there? Favorite car or whatever kind of car you'd like want to have, like the uh, okay, hmm. like it could be like, oh, I just like that car, or like I want that car, Jaguar F type. Oh, oh, Lindsay was like, what she color? had that one on the oh, yeah, what color, yeah, uh, kind of like a maroon or like a red, oh, yeah, okay, or a okay. blue, bright blue. I have a bright blue car now and I love it, okay, so bright blue, too, okay, possibly. I could see that, um. I don't know. I I I'd always go with like. A, Are you a classic car guy? I I love classic cars. Do it. Um, El Camino. <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah. business in the front party. <laughs> Probably like a, a convertible with like a the um or not a convertible. It's got the split window in the back. I can't think of it offhand. Um, but just something that either that or. Instead of like a muscle car, like one of those old, like just cruising cars, like the fifties, sixties, um, like a Cadillac. From yeah, that time. like either big Cadillac, big cat. My grandfather always every he would get a new Cadillac, and he'd pay straight cash for it every like two or three years tops. Like he'd just go to the dealer and what straight did, cash what and did just he do. He was uh, he worked in the factories. He was foreman for years, but he just was huge into the stock markets. Like he, he would start it with the penny stocks and just build and build and build and build. But he was one, he was also one of those guys where he would, he built his house. Um, I mean, built his house, built the house next door to him, built, actually built the house across the street from him too. Um, busy guy. <laughs> he was a busy guy. He was one of those guys. I mean, up until, I mean, Jesus Christ, up until he passed, he was 92 when he passed, he'd still be. You know, you'd go over and visit him. Like, Grandpa, get off the roof. You don't need – you're 91 years old. We, we can we pay somebody to fix the roof. Yeah. You don't need to be in the back cutting wood. You, you just 
relax, I'll get that. Like, just always had to be doing something. But he was one of those guys. He didn't. He didn't. Um, he didn't agree with like taking a loan out. You huh. know, if you couldn't afford it, you don't it, get it. You don't get it. Yeah, so that's kind he, of a good philosophy. He honestly. just he saved his money whenever he wanted to buy. Didn't have a mortgage. Didn't have a car payment. Didn't have wow. you know when he wanted to go on vacation with my grandma. They he would pay it off in cash. Gosh, I don't know I if you stri- can do it nowadays. I strive to be like that. <laughs> I think it's impossible nowadays. It is. It, it is it way harder. It, now. It's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, back in but the day, man. Back that in the was, day, that was like the dream. Oh, for sure. But yeah, my car though, I think we kind of went off track here. But my car probably like a, just a classic cruiser. I like those. Classic yeah. cruiser. How about yours? I just want like a, f- I don't know, not a Jeep because I think Jeeps are pretty. Cool. I could see you being like one of those VW wagons or whatever. No. The Beetle wagons, no. 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 no I would. I, I, I want to like maybe like a Ford Bronco. Something like like one of those kind of cars, and it doesn't have to be a Bronco. But I don't want it. To Does be it a have Jeep. to be a, a a white Ford Bronco? Let's do like a eggshell <laughs> kind of way. The OJ Simpson with driving the fo- in the, with the, the Ford Bronco. Hey, gets good gas mileage and nobody's on the highways. <laughs> <laughs> People would be cheering when they see me drive by. Maybe not anymore. <laughs> oh boy! All right, I got my question. All right, do you guys question like number sneakers? two. Do you guys sneaker heads? I love Ooh. sneakers. Okay, favorite sneaker. You obviously see what I'm wearing. I'm not a big. What do you sneaker. got? Asics? <laughs> no, these are Brooks. You know, very old Brooks. I love running but, in Brooks. No um, shame. For the longest time, I was, uh, I probably my my favorite pair of sneakers. These were the old Adidas Sambas. They were like an indoor. Those soccer. are cool. I shoes. loved those. I those used to steal nice. my sister's pair all the time. I loved those. I loved. I I used them for indoor, but I would also have a pair where I'd take them to school. Yeah. I, they were comfortable. Yeah, I was I just going to ask if them. you played in them, too, because I played in hers a few times, and she wasn't very happy with me, but they were <laughs> nice to play in, too. Oh, absolutely. They were great yeah. for indoor. In fact, they were indoor shoes. Them. I'm sure they've got to be out there somewhere. Those are a cool shoe. Good answer. I love the Adidas. Good Sambas. job, Larry. <laughs> I, I come up with a good one every now and then. Jeez, look at you. <laughs> what about you, Lynn's Favorite? Uh, I'd have to say Retro Jordan ones. Oh, Okay. Okay. Now, are you one of those people, though, like, where if you're wearing it, like, you can't crease it, you Absolutely can't get anywhere not. near you, no, you know, no, you no, gotta... No, no. If I buy a pair of sneakers, they, like, okay. I'm wearing them. Unless, you know, if I'm... I used to kind of, like, buy and sell, but I don't really do that anymore. Like, if I'm buying a pair, it's my pair, and I'm keeping them. That okay. sort of thing. There's a lot of money to be made in some of that. You, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you really can. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of... So many people do it now, though, like, you gotta... You really got to work a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> like about five, ten years ago, you could have just, you know, a lot of people weren't really into it yet. It was kind of like a newer thing. So you could be, I I argue those people might have made a little more. Yeah. With there the was... amount that they were able to sell. But now you have like high item, like high price stuff. Oh, yeah. So if you move a few, you probably would make more than they did with 10 pairs or, you know, something like that. Yeah. It's all different, I guess. There's one thing that I always found fascinating where some of those shoes, like, from 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, like, are worth bank yeah, nowadays. Yeah, they really are. Should have hang on to those, those shoes, man. I don't, I don't think anybody was paying for my Adidas or, you know, No, the, the Sambas day. might. I, the Sambas actually might have. We're going to have to look it up. The Sambas they might have. actually be worth something. Still got them, Larry? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was always one of those where I would, my sneakers were good for like a year, maybe a year and a half. In fact, these are pushing on two. I got to get, my the wife is 
like you've got to get new sneakers. Yeah, and, your foam's kind of coming out. Yeah, I mean these are th- these are bad. In fact, <laughs> uh, these were the topic of a couple arguments uh, over the last few weeks. But like, you got to get new sneakers. You got to sneak. That's your livelihood. You're, it is. You know, so I, I yeah. Um, Go buy a new pair of Sambas, man. I mean, you guys both know me enough. My fashion sense is like not the best <laughs> <laughs> at all. True. So. <laughs> All right, so Matt, what's your uh, favorite sneaker? I have to say my classic um, Nike Airs that I have. Low top, not a high top. One of the okay. classic low tops. But it's like it's like a retro color of like purple and like teal blue, and it's all white. Okay. I loved it. When I was a kid, I didn't appreciate sneakers. I used to pop the holes yeah. in the heel. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, pff, I didn't care back then. <laughs> now... Now I was like, oh, where I was. Are you guys? Attacks. Are you guys too young to to remember the Reebok pump, where you'd have to like no, pump up I, the where you'd have to yeah, pump up I the. Remember those. I remember those absolutely. Pump the air in them. <laughs> yes, my dad actually. I don't know if I was alive when he had a pair, but he does talk about how he used to have pairs of those. Those were just. I remember when those first came out. It was just. That was half the fun of having the sneaker. Like, you'd pop it up, and then there was, like, a little button on the side or whatever somewhere where you'd push it, and you'd hear the Yeah. And then you'd have to pump it up again or whatever. I I don't think anybody really knew what the hell the air did (laughs) in the sneakers, but you'd pump them up like, dude, yeah, now I can play basketball. I can dunk, like, just like. It's good marketing. I mean, it was fantastic marketing. It pushed a lot of things, but. I, I I don't think the air did a damn thing. Yeah. But I would pay some money for a pair of Heelys now. I would I'm not, too. I'm not even gonna lie. I would <laughs> I would pay a pretty penny for, those for were a like pair of those. My younger my ago. younger yeah. brother had those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every They're school dangerous. within the first they every- were dangerous because people would go down the stairs with them. People would like start going down the railings with them and stuff yeah. like that. I think every school banned those at some point. That and silly bands. Silly bands. Oh, silly bands. I didn't get banned, but I remember those too. Oh, good lord. All right. Um what are we on? Question three? Question yeah, two? Three. three. All right, three. Matt, did you come up with the one yet? Yes. I didn't come up with one. All right. Um all right, we kind of talked about uh stuff being banned at school or whatever, I guess. What's like one thing um that uh not necessarily you, but like one thing that kids your age or kids that went to school with you that would like get in trouble with? For me, it was like, again, I was never a skateboarder. I thought it was dumb, but that was the big thing when we were in school. Like kids, like either skateboarding down the hallway or skateboarding off the steps or off the railings or whatever. So that was like the big. That was the big no no um, in our day where you couldn't you couldn't uh, skateboard. I I tried skateboard. I just I tried it once or twice. Yeah. I'm like this is stupid. I'm going back to running. Something my grade. Hmm. You know what a big thing was? Uh, vaping. Okay. I, I remember we all got Because that's kind of like when it just like really started, yeah. wasn't it? it well, I think it was, yeah. And or, it got, or it got like big, I guess. Yeah, it kind of blew up, yeah. And I remember there we had like the principal called like everybody down to the auditorium and we had a huge meeting just about vaping, like stop vaping. Yeah. It didn't work, but yeah. <laughs> it was worth a try. Yeah, there were signs in the bathroom, everything like that. People yeah. say it's safer than cigarettes. They're wrong. Yeah, they are wrong. It is horrible for you. But, Matt, what was the big, like, no-no at Clarence? Smoking Smarties. What? Smoking Smarties. 
smoking. How do you smoking you Smarties? Pack of Smarties, and you loosen it a little, and then you grind them against each other, so it creates like that dust powder. And then you'd breathe it, like you'd put it in your mouth like a cigarette, and just breathe it in. Yeah, that was the thing. With us too. That was people bef- would snort them up. Yeah, that was before vapes were thing. This was like, oh, this is my middle school days. What exactly did smoking Smarties do for you? Like, did it give you like a buzz or something? Or was know. it just, Let's just <laughs> I can smoke a Smartie? <laughs> I don't know. Breathing, Probably not. Breathing stuff in isn't good. Like, no. It was but- that and Sharpies. You could smoke snark, oh, yeah. like Smarties and Huff Sharpies. That was a big thing. Yeah, that was a big thing at yeah, one point. Teachers, too, in my teachers childhood. were the only ones allowed to have sharpies. The kids weren't allowed to bring them to school. Yeah. I remember when I was when we were in elementary school. It was um, the uh, they had the markers that like had certain smells. Oh, like yeah. one would yeah, smell yeah, like cinnamon or yeah, yeah. or whatever. The black You're one. Not that old. Old. Yeah, we had them too. Okay, but what I thought was the dumbest thing looking back on it because. You're always telling kids not to sniff, you know, markers, not to sniff it. And what do you do? Smell this. It smells like apple. It's like, dude, what are you telling? Like, why are you telling these little kids basically to sniff a marker? I I use that as a teaching thing when I was teaching about inhalants and health. Really? Yeah. And like kids are like, what was that? And I was like, and I was like, they don't understand. I'm like, you know how you like smelling gas? They're like, yeah. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's bad. That was a big thing during my childhood, probably yours too. Like, was people using inhalants, and that was like actually like people were like seriously dying. Yeah, like, it's bad stuff. Yeah, it was that, and then the uh, the aerosol from the uh, the whipping cans. The, yeah, now you have to be like cans. eighteen. Yeah. to yeah. even go and buy an aerosol can. You know, you have to be eighteen to buy an ice scraper. What? Yeah, like an like a regular ice scraper off your car. Yeah. Why are they considering that like a dangerous weapon? I I don't know, but you huh. can't be you got to be eighteen to buy spray paint, and some certain cough medicines, and yeah. cough medicines I know, and yeah. um, ice scrapers. Wow. I remember a couple, like a uh, not couple sharpies, years ago. Not, not sharpies. sharpies. You can be That's next. By That's next. Yeah. No, I remember a couple years ago, like getting ID'd for a cough syrup. Like, dude, I'm, I mean, I'm old enough, but why? And he's like, well, you got to be 21 to buy cough syrup or whatever. Yeah. Like, why do you need this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> like, do you not hear me coughing right? Like, I'm yeah. dying. I got the vid. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question uh, four. What do we got? My back is sticking to this couch. It's so hot <laughs> in here. <laughs> All right. That kind of that, that puts something in my head. What's here? Worst outdoor weather game, whether it's been soccer, track, whatever. Worst outdoor conditions for any game that you can remember. Um, for me, I remember this was, it wasn't playing, but it was coaching. When I was coaching at the park school, we had a game where it literally, it went from just kind of a light mist of a rain to by, I'm talking, it was like snowing, like there was a legit cover of snow <laughs> on the field by halftime and just kept getting worse and worse and worse for a game. And it was it like got cold. It got snowy. It's one of those games where you're just sitting there on the sidelines, like I don't care. I want this game over. Yeah, I want this game over. Right. Just like just end. Let's I don't care. It. Let's go. Um, we ended up winning like one nothing, but at the same point, I, I just I don't care. It was yeah. it was like all right, everybody in. What did one two three go? And I uh, get the corner flags. Get this. Get that. Just go. Let's go. So that for me that was that was the worst. That sucked. I'd have to say it was um, back when I was playing travel. Maybe no, 
No, it would have had to been school because there was hail. And I remember it was, it actually started out like the day was sunny. It was nice. And then um, it cooled down a little bit, but then it started hailing. And like, <laughs> they were like big, like they were big pieces of ice and that was hitting you and yeah that was not fun that was probably the worst i don't i don't really (laughs) remember much more about that game other than that other than the hail it actually genuinely hurt when it hit your skin (laughs) especially you standing there as a goaltender but like yeah you like nailed me in the head and i'm like all right this this is it (laughs) this is done for matt what about you i just had a like just monsoon pouring well, down. We're on the lake because we're. Is it St. Francis or St. Joe's that faces the lake? I think it's Francis. We were there, and there was a lake effect rainstorm, and there is the lake road field, <laughs> and just downpouring. It's like we'd get splashed by the overcoming waves, and then rain just falling, and I'm just sitting there, and I was injured, so I had to just sit. Oh, I had to just sit on the bench, which. In retrospect, wasn't bad because I had a like a, <laughs> I had an umbrella, everything, just sitting there. See the rainy games. I used to love playing in them mm-hmm. because they were just fun playing in the rain. But also, you'd look to try to like slide tackle somebody like into a puddle or take them down or and just. That, and the game's faster too. Like the balls. Oh yeah, faster. It's faster paced. Yeah, yeah. It was always fun. It was fun in the rain. They're all wet. And then you have to sit in the bus right home. Well, that was the worst. That's not fun. That's ever. the worst. Especially if you lost. <laughs> yeah. Which our high school team, four years, not a single win. Ooh. It was freaking awful. And then they won the year after I left, which I was not happy about. Yeah. I was happy they got a win, but it was you. It was me. It was it was it was me. <laughs> you were a midfielder, right? Center mid. And that was your fault. Listen, I I'm not gonna bad talk my team, but we were not good. Hey, I made second team all Western New York, so I was good. Ooh. I'd say. I was good. Okay. Not to toot my own horn, but toot toot, toot damn toot. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, was that four or five? Yeah, that was four. four. That was four. Question five. Who's going to bring it home? Larry, I'm impressed. You brought out two questions. You I did. I'm, I'm sometimes good for two. One and a half. Mostly one. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, but it's okay. Um... Favorite post meat game, what have you? Uh, dinner, spaghetti. Ooh, that's spaghetti. Spaghetti, hundred percent. Post game, spaghetti before and after. Damn, so you're carbo loading and then <laughs> recarbo loading. Like, <laughs> love spaghetti. Spaghetti is fantastic. Um, play if, when I was playing, I could never eat after a game. I could never eat. Really? I just. Yeah, I would. It would be at least like two or three hours after a game before I even just started getting hungry. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. Probably just uh, nothing really in particular. Bagel. No, I hated bagels. <laughs> Not a bagel guy. I um, have to say tacos for me. Tacos are solid. Like homemade tacos or like? Oh yeah. Like I'm making them. Okay, that is solid. I, homemade tacos are way better than any like. And a beer. And a Corona. Okay. I'll say Cinco de Mayo did just pass. Yeah. But I was an NCAA athlete, so I would never do that. No, of course not. Now that you're retired, though. Yeah, absolutely, now that I'm retired. (laughs) A few weeks retired. I love homemade tacos. They are the best. I feel like you're the kind of guy that would get home after a huge thing and then start preparing ribs, wait, and then eat them. (laughs) 
I would. There were times where I would know, but like, all right, I've got a weekend track meet or I've got a we've got a game Saturday. I would there'd be times I would make everything the night before and then I would get up extra early, like five or six, even four or five in the morning, throw them in my smoker and then just, you know, you know, Vic, can you just open them up, spritz this on them every hour and then close it back up and then where I would time it. Where the second that I got home, I knew I was going to the smoker, taking them out, you know, saucing them up a little bit, throwing them on the grill for 20 minutes, getting them nice and glazed, and then just eating. And that was the best. But, um, yeah, I love my ribs. In fact, I'm getting rid of my smoker and getting a new one. And part of me is kind of, like, pissed because it's, you know, it's just the good old smoker where it's like seasoned it's it's just now you gotta put that all back into it yeah and that's why i'm like damn it i I know it's time to get a new one but i've got to season it all up i've got to do this i've got to do that and it's just i'd like to try your ribs i'm telling you one of these days i'm gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna bring in a nice a nice rack of ribs they are good but they'll take you've got to go at least seven hours eight hours in a smoker like it's just it's a process. Mm-hmm, it's a process. My dad smokes meats too. He does ribs. Does he? I was gonna yeah. say. I, I bet you should have a rib off, dude. <laughs> In fact, we've got to get you. You got to ask your dad because he used to be um, a big hockey referee. Yeah. Like he was, yeah, he was. I remember you were saying that he he was pretty much had a chance, like had a path to go into the NHL for yeah. refereeing. I won't tell his story. I'll let him come in and tell it. But yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a story. Please he do. Have him come on. That'd be that'd yeah. be a lot of fun. He'd love that, definitely. He loves talking about his glory days. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did he play too, or was he just um, refereeing? So he played through high school. Uh, he played a lot of baseball too. Uh, but yeah, he played through high school, and then he was like, well, I kind of don't want to be playing anymore on a ref and he got really good at it and he met his best friends doing it so listen we out yeah. one of his best friends actually just retired from the nhl this year yeah that's what you were saying yeah we listen we've got to have him come on absolutely yeah he'll tell he'll, he'll tell you a lot of stories from like the 80s back when you could get away with anything yeah i would love <laughs> that stories I mean, they are really good stories i'd love to have him come on you got to set that up for me let's i will that would definitely be, tell definitely. him text me that'd be fantastic all right you got it all right, we're going to wrap things up there because I want to get home and watch Ted Lasso. Matt, <laughs> Last did you, episode. I was going to say, did you do? Did you catch up on season three yet? Yeah. All right, we're going to talk about that next week because okay. uh, I want to hear your thoughts on season. Maybe I'm being too critical of season three, but we'll talk about that next week. And this damn finale better be good. I'm, the last, like, five or six episodes were really good of season three, but um, I'm excited about tonight. Um, I want to thank, again, our guest, Lindsay O'Brien, for coming on. Lindsay, you are welcome anytime you want to come on. Yeah, thank you for having um, me. And obviously, uh, you know, best of luck in your nursing career. Thank you. You know, miss one application, one job, <laughs> you know, one for one. Like, I don't know what everybody's complaining about getting a job. This, this stuff's easy. But uh, definitely wish you the best in that. And, you know, hope to see you throwing more, continuing with yeah. that. I'm excited to hear more about that. Something. Something's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, make sure you guys check out this episode and every episode on um, our on our Apple Podcast, Spotify. Look for our Facebook page at Stories from the Sidelines and our YouTube page, 
And as always, make sure you ch- turn in to us next week. Wow, I kind of butchered that ending there. Let's try this again. Make sure you tune in <laughs> next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines.